the concept of style is so individualized. Sometimes you see a woman, no matter what her style, and you are like, she is on point. Style is such an expression. It's about feeling comfortable with yourself. And when we're in our style zone, it can boost us to feeling empowered. In the right outfit, you know that you can get out there and do some epic shit. Everyone is born with a style. Some just are able to identify it early and run with it. You know, it can truly be a creative statement. I love how we as entrepreneurs all sit up and pay attention to our style when it's photo shoot time, right? We know that our style helps to attract our audience to us. But what's cool is that even if you think you have no style, it's something that you can be guided with. I'm loving today's conversation with personal stylist Nipa Sikdar of Accessible Style. Nipa works with women to discover and hone their style in person and virtually. She comes from a corporate fashion background and shares with us how she applies the lessons she learned back then to her business today. And it's intriguing for all of us to pause and think back and, and see what applies you know, for us now too. Nipa also has a membership site, Rise in Style, and of course, we unpack that a bit too. What's most impressive about Nipa though is her view on women and their approach to self. And this is interwoven into the message of our business. So much good is happening here. Listen in. You're listening to The Long Game Podcast with Sandra Scaiano. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The Long Game is my approach to business. The actual day-in and day-out philosophy that you have to show up, you have to do the work, and there's no quick fixes for long-term success. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, and I'm here to share the process and lessons I experience with my clients daily who are going through the same struggles of building a business as you are. We'll hear from successful entrepreneurs sharing their long-game strategies, and I'm fun, so we're going to have a little fun along the way too. Thanks for being here. Let's get to today's episode. So I am so excited for today's podcast. I have one of my favorites on with me today. Joining me is Nipa Sikdar of AccessibleStyle.net. And um, we go way back. You know, I always talk on this podcast about my community of women who surround me. And Nipa is one of them. And as a stylist, she and I share an intimate understanding of the fashion industry and that whole history as well. So welcome, Nipa. I'm so, so, so excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you so, so much for having me. You know, I love you. And I loved this podcast. I love the message. I love the name. I said that from the beginning. It's such a brilliant <laughs> idea. Awesome. So, you know, and I, I'm going to jump a bit, but right before the closing for COVID, right before the lockdown yes. was Nipa's epic birthday party. And so we always see it as this like, oh my gosh, it was the last time we saw each other. She had a party that was celebrating, you know, all of our women entrepreneur friends attended. And, you know, so that was a a really, it was almost like the epic send off, right? Yeah. And we had, (laughs) I mean, could you imagine three weeks later, the world shut down and that we had no clue. (laughs) And then no 
contact besides yes. Zoom for so yeah. long when yeah. we are really like in-person people together. People. Yes. I love to be with people. <laughs> and I know you do too. Yeah. It's like the the energy that keeps it going. Yeah. So Nipa, tell us a little bit, like, you know, I know that you were in corporate fashion. I, you know, I want to hear a little bit about your story, share with the audience, like how you went from corporate into uh, becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah. So believe it or not, I actually manifested this when I was in 10th grade. <laughs> <laughs> and my whole life has literally been about manifesting what I wanted. And I, I wrote in 10th grade that I was going to work a corporate job for 10 years and that I would have my own business, but I had no clue what that was. Wow, that is some vision. Considering I have a ten-year-old now, and I'm like, yeah. they have no clue. No, they don't. And it was, and fashion was not in the cards. I mean, I'm South Asian. I'm supposed to be a doctor, an engineer. Like this was not. You know, I went into corporate finance initially, and I hated it. And then I just started to discover myself really after college and what I really wanted to do. And I read this book called What Color Is Your Parachute, which is a super Mm. old book, but very helpful. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, you know, fashion merchandising was what I wanted to do. And at the time I lived in Philadelphia and I moved into New York metro area and I got my first job at J. Crew. And it was supposed to be a freelance gig that lasted a week and I stayed four years. Oh, awesome. So at that time, it was a very pivotal time in the company. I got to work with Jenna Lyons, who some people know who she is. People in the industry know who she is. She's yeah, about, totally. She's about as famous Mark as Mark Jacobs and actually went to school with her, with him. So I really got to see a master stylist at work. So in uh, at J. Crew, I went And for there. those who don't know, she was the creative director. So really the creative yeah. force behind what was happening uh-huh. with the look and feel of the collections that were coming yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, she styled Michelle Obama for the inaugural, you know, and the coats. Right, if right, everyone right. remembers the coats that Shasha and Malia wore, that was J. Crew. I got to see her firsthand and I worked in merchandising. So in, in that job, I mean, it was such an intense job, but such a job that really catapulted my career and really was the foundation of the work I do now. Like everything I learned there, I I didn't know it at the time, but Mm -hmm. everything from working very close to our CEO, who was literally like, he's right in my floor, very a few feet away from me. He would call us into his office and say, okay, what's the best style that you bought? Why'd you buy it? Like he would drill us. <laughs> what color did you buy? What price? Why is it on sale? That's so intense because it, it makes so you question yourself, right? Yes. You're like, ah, uh, uh. <laughs> It was so intense. It was, I mean, it, we used to joke around. It, it was like reality TV before reality TV existed. And, but in the weirdest way, he taught me so many lessons. And the first thing he taught me was about customer service. And it's like pivotal to my business and to my career. So I was there for four years. And I worked with people like Todd Snyder, who has his own line, Marissa Webb, who has her own line. Uh, Samsek has gone on to, was the creative director. Like these people that I worked with, they've now gone on to do these amazing things. So it was really a wonderful time. We launched Crew Cuts, Made Well. So cute. Where an accessories got revitalized. We did bridal. It was just such an amazing time. And then, you know, then it was time to move on. So then I moved on to Liz Claiborne and I worked in wholesale and retail, which well, basically it's, I sold to stores as a buyer. And then I also, so went, you know, I worked right on with retail stores. And then finally I ended up at Donna Karen and, you know, it was the job I thought I always wanted, but I realized 
like most of us, right? And I, a lot of us shifted, I noticed, around two, 2012. I don't know what was going on in the year of 2012, <laughs> but it's funny the people, the entrepreneurs I meet now, so many of them have this similar story of you want more balance, you have a family, you want to have, you know, for me, I wanted a more direct connection with my customer. Mm-hmm. And so I just had this idea at school drop off one day. I was at school drop off and I saw, like, you know, all these moms, we walked to school and it was mom after mom after mom looking tired and exhausted. Meanwhile, their children were skipping and dancing and happy and dressed well. And they looked like they could have been out of a gap ad. And this thought occurred to me that why is it that we take care of our, uh, take care of our children, mm-hmm. our husbands, our families, our parents, whomever, but not ourselves? Why are we last on the list? And that's where the idea from the business came. But, you know, it was like just a seedling. And then, mm-hmm. and then it grew into a business that I've had for six years. Well, that is one of my favorite things about you is that, you know, you have really woven women first into your business concept. You know, it comes out in so many ways. Obviously, fashion is an outward piece, but you're really about you know, the soul and how women feel about themselves and how they perceive themselves, how they look at themselves, all of that. Yeah. Figuring out your personal style is a journey in self-realization. It really is. (laughs) That's boom. (laughs) Quote me on that. (laughs) There it is. It's so true. Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) Yeah. You're going into, you know, you're working so intimately. Now we're fast forwarding. So you have AccessibleStyle.net where you're a personal stylist. You work with female entrepreneurs to help them reimagine their style, get them ready for events, speaking, any, and, and you also work with people who are, you know, having weddings or things like that too. But, you know, you're going into an intimate place in people's lives, like their closet and try this on and let's see. I mean... Working with you is an intimate experience. It is. So my first joke when you work with me is I get to see you in your underwear without having to buy you dinner. <laughs> you see that takes it off. That takes off that pressure. And when I, you know, when we were doing all one-on-one work, it was just, does my house look good? Like it was, you know, in my closet. I'm in, I hold that my position very it's like a sacred thing to me. I, you know, it's mm-hmm. important that my client trusts me. It's important that, you know, I think there's this misconception and I, and I get it. Like when I show up, I do dress well. That's because that's what I, that's my career. You know, that's, mm-hmm. it's like a trainer, not <laughs> looking good. And, you know, image is part of my business, but you know, I am intimidating sometimes because they're like, well, what is she going to wear? And I really try to take that intimidation out. And there's mm-hmm. one of the main, another reason why I launched this business was my industry, whom I still love is very intimidating. It's this velvet VIP rope you can't get past. <laughs> it's the mm-hmm. what's in or out, you know, as Heidi Klum said, you know, one day you're in, the next day you're next out. Day you're out. Right? That's, the, that's the mindset in my business. And I wanted to, and that's why it's called accessible style, because style can be accessible to you. And I like too, that you are not, you know, you use designer brands, larger brands as like salt and pepper in terms of your whole wardrobe 
does not have to be no. couture. You know, no. you can have a bag, a, you yes. know, right. But it is accessible because we think, oh, the more money I spend, the better I look. And yeah. that's not it. You can spend all the money you want, but if the pant isn't right yeah. fit for your body, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so, you know, we really, it's like, it's funny. I joke around that like, I'm like, I am a little bit of a therapist. We really go in <laughs> and we figure out, I don't have a degree, sorry, but we really go in, but I do have that experience. Like we, you know, I worked with fit models that would actually wear the garments and I would have to approve what they're wearing to make sure it fit correctly. And I would look at return rates, you know, and see why are people returning things? Fit was the reason, you know, so we'd have to go back and edit that piece. So it's similar to the work that we do with clients and it's getting them to really understand that, you know, things that I teach are sales mentality, like stop buying it just because it's on sale. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a huge one. Or there are women, there are women, there are two kinds of women, women that buy a lot and women that just don't want much at all. (laughs) So it's the, uh, some women, it's the, the thought of shopping overwhelms me. So I do nothing. And then other women are just like, oh, I'll just get this one thing here, one thing there, one, and then you're a bunch of one things that do not create a wardrobe. So yeah, you're really, you're not only working with people on their individual body type and things like that, you're also working with them on their building out a wardrobe. Like this goes with this and here's an outfit that you can create, not just separates all over. Yeah. So, I mean, most, most people will hire me for my transformation, which is a three-step process, which is in a closet edit or a store shopping mm-hmm. and then styling so that we can build a foundation because we don't have most causes I go to. It's a similar story. It's like they have a lot of tops, but there's no pants to wear with them. Mm-hmm. So how are they going to put that together? And I have, you know, through the wonderful use of technology, we are able to, I have tools in place we're able to communicate with each other. I'm able to share looks with them. They're able to purchase them. They, you know, it all sort of, it's funny. My approach is using style as a strategy. So I use the strategy that, you know, my, my background is strategic and I want you to develop a strategy so that you're not just aimlessly shopping. This is mm-hmm. what it is. You're, you're stuck with all this stuff that don't, you don't like because you're just shopping without thinking about it. Yeah, I love that bringing a purpose to it. And I also want to go back to the point you brought up of data. I mean, we can even, I I love data informed decisions. You know, I mean, I use that in my business and with my clients all the time because it helps really like set the tone for the next step or set the direction. And, you know, even with going into a closet edit, you can say, all right, the data is you have all of this and none of that, you know, so it even trickles down to that, that point. Yeah, every session we work together, I provide what I what is called a style assessment. So it's really, um, I joke around, it's kind of like, you know, if you go to the doctor and you have an issue, they tell you what it is. So I kind of go in and I go in just, you know, you're paying me money to help you come up with the solution, right, to your problem. So I, I think about it very strategically and I break it down like, okay, here's what's missing. Here's the shopping list we need. Here's what I see you doing, you know. And I will literally photograph things as we're, whether it's in person or on Zoom, so that they can see, oh, okay. It's not that people don't have style. And this is something that like a a lot of times women will say this to me, I have no style. I have no, I don't have Mm -hmm. the right body. I don't, my body's weird. My ankles do this thing. My arms are this. No. It's so critical of themselves too, right? Very critical. And it's just like, no, we just have to make some tweaks. And it's a process, you know, like I said, it's a journey in self-realization, but 
your personal style changes with every decade of your life because your life changes. Mm-hmm. And we are not wearing what we wore in our 20s, not because it doesn't fit, which is a good reason, but it's because it's because we are not the same person. Mm-hmm. So to think that you're holding on to this stuff that you're not wearing, it just, you know, it's just, to me, it's, it's silly. <laughs> it's, you know, and so that's where, you, you know, I start to talk to women about, you know, look at the energy that that item is taking space in your closet. You're not wearing <laughs> So how oh, about if you're giving valuable real estate yeah. to something? <laughs> yeah. And also the it's that mindset thing too of like, well, it's gonna serve me going forward when exactly. it's been in there long enough. It's not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's I mean, that's always like their big one of their fears is if I let it go, what if I want it again? And mm-hmm. you don't really want it again. Right, right, like, right. It's just even if it comes back in style, your you your body may be different. You it will look different. So you're most likely going to get something different. <laughs> awesome. And I want to, you know, you, you mentioned like shopping and, and you go out and you take photos and all of that. So like, how was your business affected last year? Because you run, you know, in the past year with COVID, like you run a mostly in-person business where even though you have virtual, you are physically in yeah. stores, pulling styles and yeah you know, that really shifted everything in your whole entire business. So let's talk about like people not leaving the house and how that shifted as well. Like, tell us about what your experience was. Yeah. So March 12th, 2020. It's a Friday. <laughs> I went to stores because, you know, I have, I have, you know, really good relationships with retails, with my you know retail stores. And they're, you know, I have partnerships with them. So (laughs) I was talking about the, you know, I went in to say, okay, what's our plan for this COVID thing, right? So I literally had the idea that, okay, well, I'll see you guys in like three weeks. Like I really, I mean, I was just, I think because I was so busy working that I didn't really process the news. (laughs) Because even (laughs) speaking of my birthday, the headline of my birthday was COVID-19 affecting China, but like it didn't all click. Right. It has, it took them. I mean, we had never experienced anything like this. So no one was prepared for what it really meant. Meant, Yeah. So, and I remember having that conversation of seeing you in three weeks. I had a booked calendar. This was in March. I had a book calendar to the end of June. Okay. (laughs) Of Mm. all in-person clients. Not that I hadn't worked with people virtually. I did. I just didn't, it wasn't a bulk of my, it was a very small, I would say like 10% of my business. And so the world shut down and so did my income. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> okay. So like most people in the beginning, I started organizing my house and started cooking and all this stuff. But I realized, you know, I had to provide different resources. So I started to create videos. Awesome. First, so I did things like how I went in and shot from inside my own closet so many people had wanted to see what it looked like. So I love that one where you were, you actually did the how to organize your closet. Yeah. All of that. like that So I went into my own closet and I videoed, like, this is how I organize it here, the tools you need. Then I talked about another video where I, how do you edit your closet? Then um, normally every spring, my spring trends uh, newsletter is the most popular or blog post is the most popular. So I, instead of doing a blog post or like I normally do where I grab images, I dress myself up in these trends. <laughs> And we went out to, my husband was my photographer. Like I'm used to working with professional photographers. He he is not a professional. Industry, quote unquote. Yes. He is by no means a professional photographer. And no matter how many times 
I tell him to like follow the photo. It's not, you know, in his. You're like, make sure I'm in it. (laughs) Don't cut my feet off. Yeah. So that I, (laughs) I did. um, So I dressed in those trends. And at first I was like, okay, people are dying. Why am I talking? Like you feel guilty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, I wasn't really making any money, but I, at the same time, like I was still well off. Like I had a roof over my head. I wasn't sick, you know, and it felt strange to talk about something that sometimes can come across as frivolous. But the feedback I got was, thank you. Thank you for being a ray of sunshine in my feet. Mm-hmm. Thank you for exuding positivity. Even though I'm not going to wear any of these trends because I have right. nowhere to go, I like seeing this because the news was so sad. <laughs> and it was all encompassing. Yeah. It was like having this was an outlet yeah. for all of us. Agreed. And then as people really got more into the Zoom, you know, then... Then I, I did a video on what to wear, on, you know, how to prepare mm-hmm. for Zoom and you know, all the elements that are involved, not just your clothing. So that kind of became a very popular video as well. So that's sort of how I kind of got through it. And then by the end of April, I started seeing one-on-one clients, but it was all virtually. And so I already had the awesome. infrastructure, like, thank God mm-hmm. I had the infrastructure. Right. No, that's huge to <laughs> yeah. be able to know how to process and take yeah. your work into another dimension. So to yeah. Speak. So it was like, okay, since you already know, you know, since you've already done this virtual work, let's really, it was like these clients that I was getting that were completely new from all over the country were really like, let's hone in and make sure this is like tight. Like let's go back over. And I rewrote, you know, my manual for doing all this and like the communication and our onboarding. And we like, we went through each aspect of it. And it, this was for me, it was just a good opportunity to test all of this. And the hardest part before COVID was for me was online shopping because mm-hmm. in a store, I can go to a store. It's actually one of my, I joke around, it's my party trick. I can go to a store, I can scan it, figure out what is going to sell and not sell what the client will want. And I can do this very quickly. <laughs> so I would do these physical pull from stores and my client would show up and try on and then she would keep what she wanted. Now I could pull from anywhere. Right. And that's awesome. Great. And then it's like thousands of retailers. <laughs> right. It's also overwhelming. Right? Yeah. So I had to learn really like how to do that efficiently, how to communicate that to my client, how, the exact structure. So now mm-hmm. it's really funny, but now that the world is opening, I'm like, oh, online shopping is probably what I'm going to keep doing because it allows me to essentially get things from anywhere. <laughs> And what's really um, invaluable about your experience with that is that you know retailers and you know fit. So yeah. if someone says I'm a size, you know, six, then you might know to to upsize yeah. it in that brand so that yeah. they are ordering proper sizing when they're doing the online shopping. So yeah, that's a huge bonus. Yeah, that's. I mean, honestly, it's like one of the reasons people hire me is because my background. Because you know, it just. And I have a lot of relationships from all these years. So I, I know, you know, whenever I speak to another, like a, a new contact, it's like I speak like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I translate it to the client, but I also speak like the retailer. Right. And you're also able to understand and use that information to guide your client. Like, hey, this has been on the floor for X amount of days. So it's going to go on sale or it's going to go yeah. away if you don't purchase it. Right? Yeah. So my, I mean, my merchandising background has been crucial because 
I can spot the styles where, you know, as I'm like literally finding the pieces and adding it, we use an online closet tool. As mm-hmm. I'm adding it to this tool, I can, I put the comments in like, this will sell out, get it today. Or right, you know, right. I, I know, I, I just know. How often do we wait? Oh, I'll just, I don't have time. Yeah. I'll go back and then, or I'm going to think about it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and because I know how the industry works and I know that there were delays because of COVID so mm-hmm. in the beginning and spring and stuff, you know, when this first when pandemic first began, it was, there were no people at the factories doing the work, right? They weren't producing the goods. There was delays in shipping. There were all kinds of issues. So now it's much more streamlined and, you know, this has become the norm, but, you know, people are shopping. <laughs> They've not stopped. <laughs> it's just. Well, it was interesting too, because I ended up purchasing a few things, even though I was like, we are in this for the long haul. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. But that black leather dress is so marked down because retailers are like, we've got to get rid of this because retailers, you know, in the industry, you order months ahead, you order seasons ahead. So I was like, oh, I'm going to snatch a few things that are, that I won't wear till next fall. (laughs) But you know, that having that mentality as well was, uh, you know, I had nowhere to go. I wasn't wearing the black leather dress on a zoom call, but I've got it for the cocktail party (laughs) coming up. Good for you. That's a very smart strategy because you were able to identify a need, you know, something that you knew that was a, such a good price. But, you know, I did the same thing. I did a couple of pieces that I have not worn yet because I know once you go and we are re-entering the world, right? Mm-hmm. This is where some people are like, but do I really need to get out of my sweatpants? And I said, listen, it's <laughs> one step at a time, but we are, it's the world. It's not going to look the same right mm-hmm. at all we're not going to do anything the same this is a life altering experience we've all been through completely well i think it's interesting too because you myself many of the people who are listening like we have been working from home always you know my business yeah. is run from here so i i get dressed every day i'm not in a sweatpant pajama mode doing my work because my mindset is get up get together get ready to go even though i'm not going anywhere so I think that was interesting too, because sometimes you work with uh, women who are in corporate. And yes. so for them, they were like, they're taking advantage of pajamas and sweat. Yes, and so yes. that also was a different mentality where they didn't have to go to the office, you know? So it's yeah. like, okay, but you could still, you know, what you wear, I know that you believe this affects everything that you do, you know? So like for me being home all the time, I don't wear pajamas because then I'm sleepy in my work, exactly. you know, that kind of mindset. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't want to get too technical, but there's a term called enclothed cognition. And it, it is actually studies that have been, have been done that what you wear signals to your brain. So it results in better productivity, more energy, you know, like they did these studies, I, so many of them, like, you know, with so cool. people wearing lab coats and people mm-hmm. not wearing lab coats or wearing a suit or wearing, you know. And what happens after a few days of just not getting dressed up? And I always joke, even with my husband, you know, he's like, oh, I love this. I don't have to like get dressed. And he had a very client facing sale, you know, he's a sales position. And so I said, okay, well then at least get out of your pajamas into daytime clothes, right? Right, daytime comfies. Daytime comfies. (laughs) And that's what I encourage people that, okay, not every day do you need to dress up, but get out of the pajamas and get into, you know, another outfit that's still comfortable because that brain signaling, mm-hmm. right? You're telling yourself that you matter, you're important. This is part of your routine. And it's being able to adjust to that. And, you know, so many, so many people are just telling me, 
and I, and what you said about, I work with a lot of women that work, you know, work at corporate jobs. 50% of my clients, you know, are directors, senior management to CEOs. And they are the first thing that they were like, yeah, they were happy. <laughs> they didn't right, right. have to dress up. But then they're like, well, I have a closet full of <laughs> professional <laughs> wear <laughs> and, and blacks and blazers. And I don't want to wear any of this stuff. So they really, the challenge for them is, okay, Nipa, now what do I wear? Mm-hmm. So we were doing smaller shops, just of little things to kind of tops. A lot of my clients, we were doing small shops of tops for Zoom. That were just, mm-hmm. you know, things that they wear soon. Or, okay, you're not wearing a blazer, but you could wear a soft cardigan. Not that traditional cardigan, but it's like a in between a blazer and a cardigan. These are these little tweaks that they were doing. Or, you know, some of them were like, okay, well, I'll be professional on top and sweatpants on the bottom. And I said, that's fine. But at least you're like, you know, getting into the habit. And they and like showing up for showing their up. calls, their clients, their team members. Yes. Because they're still in meetings. They're still doing the work. It's just, and, you know, I think one of the biggest lessons that companies have realized is they didn't need all that office space because we're still still productive. Actually, I think there's studies that we're more productive because we're not commuting. So that was one of the challenges that I also had in my own wardrobe is that I didn't have enough casual clothes because, you know, I would be out to events. You know, we did a lot of events. Would I would dress up or I would be in client homes or I'd be in stores. I wasn't home. So even that shifting of being home all the time, I was like, okay, I don't really own many sweatpants. <laughs> but mm-hmm. athleisure is now becoming a bigger part of my wardrobe because one great thing is athleisure is on trend, but it's becoming more refined. It's not looking as yep. messy. It's become sleek. So And th- there's more colors and patterns and just it's a slimmer lines so that you do look a little bit put together, even though you're wearing technically sweatpants. <laughs> it's crossover. Yeah. It's crossing over a bit because you could go to a yoga class or for yeah. a power walk, but yeah. it's that crossover look. You know, how you shifted into virtual was almost like a, a layup. You had an idea for a long time to have a style membership. I know we've talked about this and you're super community oriented. So like, how did this past year help you or push you into opening your Rise and Style membership? Like, you know, that is such a natural parlay to kind of be like, this is the year to do that. And, you know, to launch and open that idea up. Was it instigated by that? or? So one of the biggest blessings, and I feel like there have been a lot of, we've all had blessings through this past year because of the realization of like what we thought was important, what really matters. It really gave us that space to figure that out. And you're right. I had this idea for two years, but I didn't know exactly what it was going to be. And Mm -hmm. looking back on it, once I launched, so many people are like, this is the idea you had from the beginning from that school drop off. It was actually that community that I was seeking. And I have to say with everything that happened with last year and like the racial bias and all the protests and I, being a woman of color, being a minority, being used to being the only brown person in the room, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I actually started to look at all the communities that I belong to. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I said, okay, well, do I really want to be in them? And so, and that you've seen it too, with the whole shift in the coaching industry of all these coaches being called out for their uh, racial bias. And it's, it's not that they were purposely being this way. It's that, you know, the examining of it. And so it made me realize if I wanted a community of diverse women of different body shapes, of different 
sizes, then I had to create that myself mm-hmm. from different backgrounds. You know, I had to create that community that I wanted in the world. And, Love you know, that. we have a friend in common, Sarah Walton, and she really like taught that to me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's time for women to rise up. So she kind of put that. Yeah, I love the name. The, the yeah. name is like kudos to you on landing on that as well, because it could have been so many other things, but it's a measure of empowerment that is happening inside the community. Yes. And my whole thought is that a size two and a size 22 can still be friends, right? Mm-hmm. There is, you know, a fashion is definitely involved before it was the plus size was out in the corner, the petites, and now it's more integrated on the sales floor. And that's how life is. <laughs> you know, we should not be segregated because we're the size that we are. And so it was me really letting women know that, you know, I have size 22s who are way more confident than some of my size four clients, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's about educating you that, I wanted diversity. I wanted size inclusivity. I wanted different ages. I, you know, and it was perfect. And it's basically, you know, a group of professional women and from all walks. We have teachers in there. We have financial planners. We have, I'm just trying to think through the list. <laughs> we have lawyer, you know, we have different people from different walks of life. And so, and we come together and it's like having your girlfriends with you as you go on this journey. And so Rise and Style really is a way for you to develop your signature style by providing you with practical style solutions. And that was really important to me because one of my members, Angela, she actually has done a lot of like watch the YouTube videos and done the red books and really, you know, Mm -hmm. studied up on this before. So she's more of an advanced member. But what's happening is what I saw was out there was half the information is just fake news. It's not even accurate. And it was boggling my mind that this information was out there, things like must-have lists. I hate must-have lists. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> half of those are affiliate links Yes. anyway. So it's <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to say you must have five of these out of yeah. seven because yeah. I'm getting a kickback. Well, well, that's the whole piece. I mean, I, I deal with that in my business too, of people thinking they can piece together a program from free information. Yeah. And it's not only the information but it's the implementation, you know, what you are bringing as an expert into a community, into your membership is about, okay, we could all read something, but how does it work for me? Yeah. How do I move forward with that? And it was my desire to really educate people (laughs) that really, it's funny. It's like, I guess I've become a teacher (laughs) and Mm -hmm. And I have teachers in the group, so it's really funny. So I'm like, how am I doing? <laughs> well, you're like, like a, you're a guide. You're yeah, taking and, people through the journey, right? And it's also because, you know, people relate to me because I go through it with them. You know, I've gained weight during COVID. I've gained 12 pounds during COVID, right? It happened. You know, I have trouble still sometimes. I put on five pair of jeans, so I find the one that fits on a given day. Like, this is real stuff that happens to women all over <laughs> the world. Mm-hmm. So it's that sense of we're in this together. And community, like you said, is very, very important to me because I want you to know you're not alone. I want, you know, we have problems, but like we get together and talk about it. And one of the best parts of the community is, you know, people snapping a photo of their outfit and saying, hey, guys, I wore this today. And Mm -hmm. then what do you think? And it's just been beautiful. (laughs) 
is the um, community in a Facebook group that people are sharing that? So that's a portion, that's the extended portion of it. Yeah. I love that because it's, it also, from a membership standpoint, when you build community, you're active in the beginning so much, yeah. you know, 90% of it is you getting it going. But as you build that community and people form relationships within the community, number one, that's why they stay. That's a retention mechanism to take it to a business place, but it also eases up on you. It's not that you fade out of the picture, but you're able to pull back a little bit and not be the driving force. Like the women are able to connect in the membership and have that conversation and support each other. Yeah, we launched in November and we're in April and like our we have monthly calls as well as we have monthly Zooms. And the last one, I swear, I got off and I felt so proud because the women were really helping each other. They were really, you know, they asked such great questions. They came prepared and and they were because we're our own biggest critic. So sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, when we look in the mirror, we see that one spot that we don't like on our body. We zone in right on that spot. But if someone else is telling you, no, you look good, and it's not a salesperson at the store that wants commission, it's right, someone right. that has no vested interest in this and is not is going to tell you an honest opinion. And you know what the great thing is is we obviously have attracted very nice women. We are not going to be mean about the comments, but you'll you know women will say, okay, well, how about you try this? Like we're giving they're mm-hmm. giving suggestions to each other, and you know we really foster that. We want you know we have these prompts that certain things such as like. You know, what's do you have a go to rain jacket or do you have a pair of sneakers? You know, we ask these questions within the community to have the community be a resource. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's like, all right, I'm in, I'm in because (laughs) I need the, and we've talked about this. Like, I need the, oh, I need that. If I see it, then I'm like, that's for me then. So, I love that. And I want women, that's the thing. I'm, and we're getting ready to push, you know, a bigger, you know, get more new members in right now. And, that's what I want. Like, if you found something that you love, tell your girlfriend about it, right? Who else are you going to tell? And it may not work for her because it may not be your body type, but we're learning body types in the program. But you'll still, you know, be like during the last call, there was a, you know, one of the girls talked about a brand and I see the other girl's like, oh, let me go check it out. And she went and checked it out. And she's like, oh, I love this brand. <laughs> right, right. It, it's like a discovery of things that you wouldn't normally find in your, on, your on your own or something. So. Oh, that's awesome. I really love that. And I love that, you know, it's a space for you. It's so on point, not only for the fashion piece, but for the women's piece that we talked about in the beginning. Like, you know, you're able to come in and do all of that work with women and their mindset and how they feel about themselves and have that conversation, like have a place for women to have that conversation. So I'm so happy for you with this membership. Thank you. I, 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 now I feel like this is it. Like I know my business is structure. I like I wrote it down in January. I'm like, this is the plan. It's membership, one-on-one clients, and then uh, brand styling, which is helping people for photo shoots. Those are my three yep. I guess, pillars or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And now after all these years, I'm like, okay, there is such a sense of relief of knowing what that is. You just hit the, ha- the nail on the head what the long game is, right? Yeah. It's it's going forward all the time and then saying, I'm here. Like, And it's not the end, but it's no. the realization now and you can continue to move forward in that. So yeah. that is awesome. And it doesn't happen overnight, right? No, no, no. And, <laughs> and 
And so many women, you know, become stylists and I've actually mentored a lot of them and they'll come to me and the first thing I'll say, or anything you want to start really is try it, do it, <laughs> do the work, make mm -hmm. sure you like doing the work. People want to rush out and do photo shoots and websites and great. They need our services, which is wonderful, but do the work, make sure you enjoy it. Then once you've had a couple people experiences, then go out and start branding it and doing all that other stuff and know that with even within styling, there's so many areas of styling. There's personal styling, celebrity styling, editorial styling, etc. So mm -hmm. it's important that we learn and try these things. You know, right. I've done speaking. I, I've actually, you know, been paid to speak at university programs. I have done a lot of those in-store events. You know, the, mm -hmm. a lot of different things to kind of because I had to try them. <laughs> Right, totally. Well, I always say to the people I work with, you can't think your business. Yeah. You know, you can't look at someone else and say, oh, that's what yeah. I want to do because yes. you haven't experienced it until you're in it. You know, you've got to start. You've got to go in it. You've got to say, this feels good. This doesn't feel right. How, you know, and, and base your direction off of that. Yeah. And plant a stake in the ground. Like if you're doing a course, do the course. Stop stopping and be like, should I do a membership now? No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hoppers. <laughs> yeah. Hoppers. And it's, it's sort of like you haven't tested your theory. So yeah. just like I did when the world shut down and I re-looked at on my online styling program, I reconnected to, you know, I'm fortunate. I'm part of two personal styling and image consulting communities. So reached out to my networks and they, they rose up and gave us support. Those that had way more, you know, some, some of these uh, image professionals only have online clients, you know, in virtual mm -hmm. clients. So they gave us the resources. And so then I went and those people became my test. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. I got paid for the test right? because I still am bringing the work. And now I joke around that this group of people now are my hybrid clients, those that are local that can still possibly do what aspects of this can we do at home? What aspects are we going to need? You know, that's what we're sort of ironing out. But I mean, it's still a test. There's no, <laughs> you know. Like you said, it's not an end game. It's a long game. <laughs> it is a long game. There is no end game, right? We yeah. keep going. We keep going. I love that. And I want to also mention that you've got something that you're putting up on your website, your Denim 101 masterclass. Like people can go. We're going to have all links to everything in the show notes, but give us a quick 101 on denim. Yeah. So I, after all these years of hearing women um, just be really unsure of how to buy jeans, I decided it was time to put together a masterclass. So I'm hosting the class on May 1st. It's going to be a live, but we're going to cover everything from like the, you know, how to build an ideal denim closet, you know, the things you need to know when you're shopping for denim so you can shop smarter and faster, you know, what categories to buy into, you know, what's trending for spring and really it's about a lot of these myths and things that I've heard over the years and kind of dispelling that. And because the one person actually said this best, she said, denim has become my go-to thing in my wardrobe now that I no longer wear black pants, right? <laughs> so, and, and, and there's so many ways to wear there's, it. So there's so many brands out there. There's so many price points. And it varies so much. And why does a pair cost 200 while another one costs, you know, $30, $34? Like why? You know, it's so it's and it's the hardest category to shop for. And I want women to understand that it is hard. It's not going to be easy to find your G. Like that's why you're frustrated because it's not easy. <laughs> 
And you're turning this into the replay will be an opt-in. So yeah. when this airs, it'll be after May 1st, but you guys can yes. all link over. We'll put the links. You can go over to NEPA's website and be able to watch the replay and get all of the information that she's providing. I don't know if I ever shared this with you that like I, I did a, a big stint in denim for a while, like with, oh, really? with melting pot, which is like the diesel jeans of Italy. Yes. And um, so they are like big in that area. So, yeah, I mean, I to see the manufacturing, to see how washes are created, like all of that. Yeah. And it was like, I wore denim every day. Yeah, yeah. And you were cool. Denim, <laughs> I was the coolest. <laughs> you were like the coolest girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and what I said earlier, it's a hard category, but it doesn't have to be hard to shop for. You just, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I get why people are confused by it. And it's, and to, even with clients, like it, I, it's not like we get it all, all the time right away. It's things just keep changing how they're produced. So it's really about kind of uncovering that and explaining to people like, you know, how to be able to do this on your own in a way that is just less stressful, really. <laughs> Love it. I'm excited for it. And we're going to have everybody go check it out as well. Neva, I want to thank you so much for coming today. I mean, you really broke it down and in a way that's understandable, accessible. And I love hearing your story, even, even though I've known you all these years. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you so, so much for having me. This was so wonderful. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more info in the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on iTunes and leave me a review. Until next time, keep playing the long game.